This is Bro with the Bros, hosted by Ryan and Ken Parsons, founders of the Brothers That Just Do Gutters. Welcome to another episode of The Books That Built Us. We've made every mistake in the book, so you don't have to. Our time to evolve as business owners is now. Let's grow together. All right, so on today's episode, we're going to discuss the science of getting rich by Wallace Waddles, uh, specifically related to the mindset of success. So a little backstory on this book. Um, I'm part of a book club. They like to call it a mastermind, but it is what it is. It's a book club. Um, And somebody suggested this book, and I looked back on my notes, and it was 2017. I felt like I read it so much uh, more recently. Um, But no, when I went back to my notes, it was 2017. And at first, um, when they said the science of getting rich, I felt like, ooh, is that kind of like a gross topic? Like, this is how you get rich. Is it some formula or some weird thing? And I was pleasantly surprised at what the, the book was and the philosophies and how and when it was written. It was absolutely one of my favorite reads in the last few years uh, with a lot of takeaways. And, you know, I read the book and then I recommended it to Ken and I think he read it quickly after me. And he retains like unbelievable amounts from books. It's funny. We'll read the same book. I'll remember a couple details and, and he'll remember, you know, chapter and verse. It's, uh, it's, really, it's really good and interesting. So hopefully, uh, you know, you guys get a lot, lot out of it today and, and, and maybe even pick up this book. So I think one of the, um, one of the things that kind of stands out prior to reading this book and, and very early in our business um, life cycle, uh, Ken and I got introduced to BNI. Uh, Business Networking International, it's a big, big networking organization, and their philosophy is called Giver's Gain. Um, and that was the first time I ever he- heard it like that, um, but it wasn't a new concept to us, and growing up in the family that we did, um, we always were taught you know, to be givers and to give more than uh, we, we get, and to not give without, um, in expectation of getting. But giver's gain is a really cool philosophy, especially when it comes to business on how the more you give, the more you gain, right? It's like gravity. It's a principle that always plays back into your uh, favor eventually. And that hard work pays off all those things that you do to provide value because you care and you have an abundant mentality instead of a taker, taker's mentality uh, is what Weddles is talking about. And Um, You know, I think that can be applied no matter what kind of uh, position you're in, whether you're employed by somebody or whether you own a business. I think having that kind of perspective on things, somebody's going to take notice. And if they're not, then maybe that's also a time to move on to somebody who will. And you'll be treated fairly for the things that you're providing so much value for. Yeah. So the exact quote from the book that really this, this is the only quote I could remember until I reviewed Uh, getting ready for the podcast was you must give every man more in use value than he gives you in cash value. So I can remember um, having my first jobs and even before having jobs, even playing sports, that when you go all in and you give more than you're receiving, you always get recognized. And, you know, I ended up being captain of the wrestling team. I ended up being prom king. Like, it's just like funny, like all this stuff, like when I went for something, I always went all out. 
And then even, you know, um, in organizations, somehow I always ended up in leadership of some sort. Um, and even in BNI, I joined BNI. And the only thing you're expected to do is just be, go there, be on time, say your, you know, one minute manager thing and, and, and go home. That's all you're required to do. But when I went there, I wanted to, I did what I do and I brought more value than was expected. And I was asked to be president of the chapter within a year of being there, which was slightly unheard of. And then when I became the president, I was told by uh, a few people that I was the best president that they ever had. And I'm not saying any of this to toot myself or uh, my own horn or anything like that, but it was just kind of a philosophy that was inherent. And this is a book and a lot of books we read, sometimes we learn and other times we confirm. So in hindsight, I look back on that and how I got to be where I am. And I also look back when Ken hired me to install gutter. He was just paying me literally a little bit more than minimum wage and only expected me to come out and be his assistant while he hung gutter. But I had more value than that. I had a graphic design degree and um, a, a, a head for marketing that even though I was only getting paid to do gutters, I didn't sit in the truck and say things like, well, Ken, you know, um, I could build you a website if you paid me or if you did that. I literally, I offered him all my talents, um, even though I was getting paid as an installer and he let me do that stuff while getting paid as an installer. But what was crazy is that I was giving him more in use value than he was giving me in cash. And eventually, they the scales, off. oh my gosh, if I, I literally think about it, if I didn't have that mindset and I'm like, you know what, I can do all this cool stuff for you, but you're only hiring me to do gutters. So whatever. And I just sat there. He probably, you probably would have fired me because I wasn't necessarily the world's greatest helper. And I probably would have just moved on saying, well, I need to go and apply my skills to somebody else who wants them. But it wasn't like that at all. And that's one of the biggest points that he talks about is uh, be creative, not competitive. And being creative means that I'm, I'm, I'm creating opportunity, not just for myself, but I'm creating opportunity for others. And that's one thing that we do is when we're, when we're business owners is as having a growth mentality and an abundant mentality means that there's more to it than just what's, what's in, in it for me. And by creating an opportunity, even though I didn't know much about business back then when, when you were working for me, I always had the mentality of expanding and growing and, and wanting to build something great. And, uh, you know, that's, that's how... I think we're both wired that way, even though we have a lot of differences in, in, in things that we have our, our strengths and weaknesses. But uh, as far as, you know, something that is very much inbred into us, maybe it was because of how we were brought up. Um, I'm sure it was. Uh, we have this mentality of always providing more value and opportunity. And I think that's a really big part of uh, having a successful organization uh, like what else yeah. is talking about is that, we have to provide opportunity and the people who are like us that they'll provide the value too, even though it's not maybe specifically outlined in their job description, but if there's something that they can bring to the table to help the overall goal of the company, the organization to be able to move forward, 
uh, eventually that kind of stuff is going to be noticed, especially by people who have this kind of mentality. They will reward people for it because people like Ryan, Ryan and, and people like me are going to take notice and me might not be able to monetarily be able to pay for those things right up front, but eventually we'll take note and eventually that is going to be reciprocated. And that was a perfect example. And in, in your case, you were able to start building stuff and you know, I didn't hold you back either. I was able to say, Hey, you know what? I don't have a website. Why don't you go ahead and build one? You know? And I, I think that's one thing that's really uh, gotten us to the place that we're at here is as owners, we have to be flexible and creative and how, and not holding people back for, from being able to take an idea that's providing more value to the organization because it can open other doors for success in the business and also help you to continue to differentiate from other, uh, other ways that people are doing the business as well, which is certainly something that's happened over the years in our business. Well, I think, you know, you talk about the law of attraction and, and given our values um, and how we've always operated without even knowing it, like, you know, we didn't know that this isn't how everybody's wired, that I believe we've attracted people that had similar DNA. Um, and I think that's why we've been successful is because, you know, people do um, go above and beyond. So let's hop into the book a little bit. Um, I found this, or actually Kaylin, who helps us prepare for these, found this really great synopsis. Um, I forget the, uh, the website, otherwise I'd give them credit. Um, but they basically broke the whole book down into steps and, and we're going to go through them. We might spend a little bit time on others. Um, and wealth, not wealth, wealth creation, wealth creation mastermind, uh, did us, did a summary on the book. Okay, great. Um, so thank you. Wealth creation masterminds for making our podcast better. So step one was have a definite vision. And that is something that, um, before, and I'll tell you, you you know, if you've listened to any of our podcasts, we didn't go into business and Ken didn't start this with a vision and a mission statement. And, the, and what you're seeing now was not even, um, we didn't even know how to think quite like this at that point. Um, but we always had vision for more. And then it got bigger and bigger as we accomplished things. So a quote from the book and, a, and something that Ken and I uh, live is hold the vision of yourself in the job you want while you act with faith and purpose on the job you have, and you will certainly get the job you want. I think it's huge. Picture what you want. You might be doing something different, but do that with excellence. Don't do a crap job because you're not where you want to be. If you want to get to where you want to be, you have to do what you're currently doing with excellence and integrity, and you will certainly get the job you want and I certainly did. When I talk about, I didn't want to install gutters. That wasn't part of what I wanted to do in my life. But holy cow, I was an entrepreneur, a business owner, didn't even know it. And by being faithful and doing the things that I wanted and offering those to my brother, he gave me the opportunity to be who I was really meant to be. I really feel like I was meant to be exactly where I am. Um, any other vision stuff? I know this is one of our biggest strong points well a vision has a lot to do with visualization which is super important and i've had the power of visual visualization um has been a major force for helping me to be success successful i mean successful so you know down to uh, 
I was a horrible basketball player, for instance. Horrible. I couldn't I, – the only dribbling I did was all over my face. In my <laughs> I mean, I was horrible. And that's why I had a great career in wrestling because I got cut when I tried out for basketball. Even with that you know? excessive And go figure. Our dad is six foot two, and we're five foot eight, maybe. Uh, I think we're, we're shrinking as we get older. But anyway, um, you know – I grew up, you know, with a dad that was great at, at, at basketball, and that's who I wanted to be like, but that didn't happen. And it wasn't until I started learning visual, visualization in wrestling um, and how to meditate and picture yourself, picturing, closing your eyes and picturing yourself, what is it that, that you want and, and defining that and visualizing success. What is When you do that and the power of that and doing it over and over again, uh, is super huge because when I got to college, which was inter interesting, is I had a job as a work study uh, sitting in the gym and basically just watching over the gym, making sure people weren't being crazy. And most of the time I was there at like 7 in the morning and what college kids are in the gym at 7 in the morning. So what did I do? I started shooting basketball. And I started visualizing and applying the things that I learned in visualization as a wrestler to that, and I started making more shots. And I kept practicing and visualizing me being successful at shooting that ball into the basket. And eventually, my dribbling skills got better and better and better, and to the point where when we had intramural basketball, I didn't join the college team and all of a sudden start dunking and, you know, go crazy. But I, I definitely considerably raised my level of success at shooting and being able to play with guys that were playing in high school and really good, being able to play and hold my own on an intramural team. So that's just an example of the power of visualization, and it's something that we can apply into every aspect of our life. So mm -hmm. – Visualization and having a vision uh, is super huge because it really defines what it is and why you're doing it and what you want and uh, achieving it. So that's great. Quick exercise for all of you uh, listening um, that we do every year as a company is you just picture one year from now and you write a story as if it already happened. So one year from now, I got a promotion in my job. They saw the value that I bring with my certain skill set, and they created a new position for me. And now I'm running two other people um, in that department that I created. So you just speak it as if it happened. You write it down, and then you work it backwards. Same as in business. At the end of the year, we've achieved this much in revenue. We now have a new salesperson who sold over this much money and our culture is tighter than ever because we get together monthly for whatever. Um, that's, that's as easy as it is. And most people don't ever achieve anything because they don't write it down. They just say things like must be nice or yeah, well, someday I'd like to make more money or someday I'd like to have a place of my own. It, you'll never get there if you don't have vision and write it down. So step one was to have a, a definite vision. We're going to have to move a little quicker if we're going to get through these today, but it's going to be tough. I got fired up prepping for this. This was a big part of the book. Step two, be creative, not just competitive. And I'll share the quote and then Ken, you can dive in. When you rise from the competitive to the creative plane, you can scan your business transactions very strictly. And if you are a selling any person anything, which does not add more to his life than the thing he gives you in exchange, you can afford to stop it. 
You do not have to beat anybody in business. And if you are in business which does not beat people, get out of it at once. Give everyone more in use value than you take from him in cash value. Then you are adding to the life of the world by every business transaction. What is creating all about? It's about doing what you feel is going to be what you envision for your business, not looking at what other people have built, even though there's, there's some, there's, there's wisdom in that, but a lot of people tend to get caught up in the whole, you know, my competitor's doing this, my competitor's doing that. And when you do that, it kind of is, you know, you're always reacting in, in, uh, instead of being, uh, you know, having original ideas and original thoughts that you can put uh, to your business. Uh, so, you know, having a, a way of, of creating your own way of differentiating who you are and yeah. creating that kind of a culture within your company, uh, that's going to really stand out to your customers, especially long term, and, and also to your employees and the people that you're going to be hiring. So um, yeah. that's the kind of culture that, that we've created within our company. It's not about what the guy down the street is doing. It's about what is... What defines the brothers that just do gutters? And that's really important because the one thing that we created in our company is, and that we live and die by every day is, is what we're doing, reinventing contractor service. And that's our mission. That's our, that's, you know, it, it, when it comes to hiring people, when it comes to how we present ourselves to our clients out there, whether it's in a sales call or our guys going out in the installers and having, you know, their, their personal protective equipment on. And a lot of companies might think, look at those idiots with their hard hats on. It's just a gutter. It's not like something big is going to fall on your head when you're up there putting a gutter. But it's also, you know, it's, it's, just, it's just all these onlys that we have added to the value that really provides a great experience to the people that we're bringing our products and services to all across the country. Um, but even deeper than that, it's, also creating a great culture for people to work in as well. Yeah. All right. So step three, exercise your imagination. And we all know we become what we think about most of the time. So being mindful of what you think about and then keep your thoughts clear. All right. So we don't want to, um, you know, dwell in the negative. The more you stay in the creative mind and out of the competitive mind, the clearer you think and the results manifest. So really cool. Uh, this next one, step four, maintain gratitude. I really kind of want to pause a little bit here. Uh, maintaining gratitude. It is easy to understand that the nearer we live to the source of wealth, the more wealth we shall receive. And it is easy to also understand that the soul that is always grateful lives in closer touch with God than the one which never looks to him in thankful acknowledgement. And then the last quote from here is, the exercise of gratitude will never fail to strengthen your faith and renew your purpose. Yeah, and it's just, you know, we've heard that saying, added, uh, uh, attitude uh, of gratitude, right? And yeah. that's something that, you know, being thankful, being appreciative, those are all great core values that you want to instill, not just uh, for your, for your company, but in your people and, you know, something that should be also trained on, uh, as well in your organization. And, um, and that's it, you know, to be thankful is, uh, 
Yeah, I mean, that goes such a long way. I mean, you don't hear too many people saying thank you anymore uh, these days, especially as a business owner. You know, when you're not getting people coming up to you saying thank you for the opportunity to work here and stuff like that, you might want to reevaluate what you're doing in your business because um, as we've grown our business, it's not always been that way. Uh, but, you know, we get more thanks from our franchisees and for the people that we work for uh, more than we ever have. And I really feel that because of the internal changes that we have made over the years and in our growing into being successful business owners, um, there's, we're starting to reap the rewards of those external changes. And those are long-term lasting results. Those are things that uh, separate businesses that are going to continue to live on uh, for a very long time uh, yeah. compared to businesses that ultimately may fail. So I think having that attitude of gratitude is super huge yeah. and important. And gratitude is just continually taking an inventory of, of what you have, not what you don't have. I mean, we're, I think on our fourth week of, of country lockdown for the, for the COVID-19, and it's super easy to get into a bad headspace, be like, this, is, this stinks, I don't even have a job right now, my income, and this is happening and that. It's so easy to just think everything's crap. But when you just flip the switch the other way and go, I have a house, I have food, I, I have a spouse who loves me, I have children. I mean, I'm getting an opportunity to spend more time with them than I have in the last couple months. When we just live in that attitude of gratitude, we become better people, we have better thought processes, we don't think the world's out to get us, we don't harbor our skills and our talents, we give them away. So living in that is huge. That is a foundational quality that we believe you must have. Um, if yeah, you're going to be it also successful. helps, also helps uh, to add to what you said too, is just becoming um, content, not in the way that I'm content and that I'm going to stay put and where I'm at, but content with what I currently, what's going on in every aspect of my life. Um, you know, is there, is there other things that I'd like to achieve? Absolutely. And that's what success is all about. It's about achievement. It's about moving forward. It's about uh, continuing to expand, continuing to grow, but enjoy it and be happy along the way is yeah. super important too. And, yeah. you know, and, and that's it. When you have that head trash start coming in, which we all have to battle, what are you going to do? I mean, don't let your thoughts dictate to how you, are going to feel your thoughts are just thoughts and you can swipe them away just like you swipe stuff away on your phone it's mm -hmm. just a matter of what you choose to how you choose to let those thoughts impact you and, and you know and and when those negative thoughts come in start thinking about all the good things that are going on uh, because there's a lot of things that we have to be thankful for oh my gosh for sure for sure. Awesome. So there's a few more steps. There's two of them. We definitely want to take some uh, time on step five is have a hundred percent belief. You really need to believe in what you're doing and what you're going to accomplish. Um, and you have to eliminate all thoughts because when you, when doubt creeps in doubt breeds inaction. So as soon as you think, Oh my gosh, I don't know if this is going to work or I'm a little bit nervous. Um, we're shut down for the month and money's running tight. And all of a sudden you forget about your vision and you get trapped in right now. Um, that's a recipe for disaster. So having a hundred percent belief. So you may not feel certain that you will succeed today or next week, but you must feel certain that you will succeed sometime. 
And that's a huge undertaking because one of the things that I 100% believe that brothers, the Brothers to Just Do Gutters is doing is that we're taking a one-star industry to a five-star industry all across the board, all across the country, and partnering up with people that have that same belief that, you know what, the gutter business has been uh, pretty much uh, a business that has been really taken advantage of, uh, especially by bigger companies and bigger, bigger product companies out there. And you guys that have been in the gutter business out there, you guys know who I'm talking about. I don't need to spell it out here. And the bottom line is, is it's really bastardized our business and our, our uh, way of doing business and, 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 and somewhat have can give us even a bad name. Uh, but it's time for us, and I believe this 100% through the Brothers of Just Do Gutters business model and, and strategy, is that we are going to take this business to the level that it's worth and that we're worth to be able to pay people to have career paths and to be able to have these kinds of things available to not just the people that we employ to have a career opportunity and to be paid what they're worth uh, and not like three, $4 a foot, um, and, and all that, but to have uh, a place that is, uh, that we're proud of and an industry that we can be proud of. And that also provides an awesome, excellent experience for the people that we're bringing these products and services to, and not just bringing just products and services, but the best products and services that actually work on people's homes. Yeah, it's great. Step six, make every day a success. So a couple quotes from this section, do every day all that you can do that day and do each act in an efficient manner. And then the next one was the very best thing you can do for the whole world is to make the most of yourself. I love that. So how are you making the most of yourself? What are you doing? What skills are you learning? And what are you giving to whoever you're in relationship with? Whether it's your spouse and your marriage, your kids, like be the best of yourself, whether it's your job or you own the business, you work in a business, whatever it is, make the most of yourself. That's the best thing you can do for the world. I love that. Yeah, and there's plenty of opportunity to do that now. You know, even if you're working out in the yard, put on that headset, put on Audible, listen to some books that are going to help you to uh, get your mindset where it needs to be. Because when this gets back and we're back to reality, you know, how you're going to look back on the time that you had. What did you do to improve yourself, to make yourself a better version of yourself? The only way you can do that is if you have actual goal and vision. Otherwise, it's just filling your day with crap. If you actually have a goal... Like people that train for the Olympics, they know in four years, they got to go qualify. So everything they do and eat and live and breathe has to do with that because there is a goal. So if you haven't written down a goal or have something that you want to attain, you will not get there. So once you have a goal, it's easy to get rid of the distractions because there's something there. When you want to lose weight or you want to get in shape and you start going to the gym and doing all that, it becomes easier because now you have a goal. Um, so that's great. Make every day a success. Uh, we're going to slightly skip over this next one. Um, I, I really want to get to the one after that. So step seven is get into a business that's right for you. So given your talents and what you have and what you bring, if you're going to get into a business, make sure it's one that utilizes all of your talents. Step eight, I love this. Do more than fill your present place. 
All right. So the world, here's some quotes. The world is advanced only by those who more than fill their present places. You could advance only by being larger than your present place. And no man is larger than his present place who leaves undone any of the work pertaining to that place. So it's like, oh, I'm going to just keep going with some of these quotes. The man who is merely a good workman filling his place to the best of his ability and satisfied with that is valuable to his employer and, is, and it is not to his employer's best interest to promote him. He is worth more where he is. That's crazy. That basically just said, if you're just doing your job, you are, you are valuable to your employer in that job only. They don't want to promote you. But here, to secure advancement, something more is necessary than to be too large for your place. The man who is certain to advance is the one that is too big for his place and who has a clear concept of what he wants to be who knows that he can become what he wants to be and is determined to be what he wants to be. So when basically, you know, we've heard the, the, the term, oh, wow, you're overqualified for this position. You know, if anybody's ever hired somebody, you know, and you're hiring for, I don't know, um, think of an entry-level position and somebody comes in with a master's degree and they've ran a fortune 500 company before you're going to say something like you're a little overqualified for this position do you know it only pays minimum wage but what this is saying you have to become overqualified in your position if you want more and the come like it's all about that if you want to advance you have to be more than what you're getting paid for but the person who's only willing to do exactly what they're getting paid for will only ever get and stay in that spot. This to me, I, it's an epiphany in the sense of, you know, coaching and working with people and helping them be the best version of themselves. And it was a confirmation of, of how we've gotten where we are um, as well. So let's talk about that. This fires me up. Or did I say everything? <laughs> <laughs> I think you said it all right there. And we gave an example earlier of how you achieved that. And, you know, now, you know, we're, we're been partners for a, a really long time. Um, but I, I see it in our company quite a bit uh, where we hire people that come in and then they, you know, like Kevin Rollman, who's uh, manager of our marketing. Uh, that's a great story. I mean, Kevin came in as uh, an apprentice in the field and he did that for i don't know a couple months uh, or several months and then eventually he worked out of that because we found out that he had some marketing no we didn't even find out he kept sending me over designs he would literally like hey ryan i made this logo for gutter cleanings um you know maybe you could use it somewhere and by the way i have a degree in this i'm like uh-huh uh-huh i barely saw it honestly like, you know, it was cool and it was a decent design, but it wasn't the heart of where we were going yet, you know, but he was making effort after effort to gain our attention that he had something more to give us. And eventually, you know, not to steal the story from you, but he eventually started working on the weekends doing graphic design for us. And he started to take some of the things off my plate that I was doing. And eventually I think we got him to work. He got out of the field and he worked maybe two days a week for us and three days a week for maybe it was Clipper magazine or something. I forget where he was working, 
And eventually we lost him because Kevin was determined to be what he wanted to be. He was trying to be it with us. We couldn't move him along fast enough at the time. And I believe, again, Kevin will probably laugh listening to this because I butcher every story like this. Job, Job said he actually should be the keeper of our timeline because he remembers everything. He says we always butcher everything. But That's anyway, not pretty accurate to me. The moral of the story is I made him an offer. I said, Kevin, I want you to work full time. And he's like, oh, I don't know. I would need this much money. And I went and I said, Ken, can we figure this out? Let's do it. And we gave it to him and he came. But that would have never happened if he wasn't knocking on that door and creating a new opportunity for him. If he wasn't working after hours on designs and showing me that he had something. Um, and now Kevin has come in to the company and he's worked himself up and now he manages an entire department and, the, and, and does all the marketing for all the franchises. And his vision is huge for what he wants to do and be within here. So it's absolutely, it's absolutely incredible. And, you know, there's story after story of, you know, Job, you know, as an a, a apprentice going over and taking over, becoming a field supervisor. I remember even Peter. Um, he also you know, started out as an apprentice, Job. <laughs> Job started and out as our, an apprentice. A couple of our franchisees started out as apprentice uh, Peter Awando, and uh, who owns North Carolina, uh, Columbus, uh, or no, yeah. Charlotte, North Carolina, and then Jimmy Olang, who owns Allentown, Pennsylvania. They all started out as apprentices, and you know that's it. You know when you come from an abundant mentality and a giver's gain mentality, and and what you know, you know for receiving, um, more, uh, giving more value than you receive in cash mentality. Um, success will happen and it might not happen that instant. It might not happen that week or month. And, and that's so important of, uh, to, to learn, especially in this day and age that we live in where everything is just, you know, boom, 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 boom. I can get it right here at my fingertips and I need answers now, 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 now. What can you pay me now, 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 now for doing this and this and um, to, uh, compared to, you know, the, the opposite of that. Um, we need more people in the world to have more of an abundant mentality. And, 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 and it's huge. It's huge. So, all right, one more quote from this one. It's a little bit long, but I can't help it. If no man quite filled his present place, you can see that there must be a going backward in everything. Those who do not quite fill their present places are dead weight upon society, government, commerce, and industry. They must be carried along by others at a great expense. The process of the world is retarded only by those who do not fill the places they are holding. They belong to a former age and a lower stage or plane of life, and their tendency is towards degeneration. No society could advance if every man was smaller than his place. Social evolution is guided by the law of physical and mental evolution. In the animal world, evolution is caused by excess of life. So, man, if you're doing just a little bit less than what your job requires, I mean, you are a dead weight. If you're doing the bare minimum and scraping by, you're a dead weight. So, all right, enough on that. Do more than fill your present place. Um, make money now. This is the next one. Step nine, go the extra mile. Create something unique. Continue to make it better. And this is crazy. And give way more than what you're charging for. Whatever your price point is, your client should be thrilled to pay it. Not because you're the cheapest option, but because they're getting so much value out of your service that buying from you is a no-brainer. 
by providing an experience of delight and giving your audience more use value than they expected, you'll cause them to gravitate towards you. This will help you earn more customers. As that happens, continue to give them more value. Right. And one way that we do that in our business is just, just taking notice and being alert to, to, you know, where can I, where can I create that? Whether it's um, smiling through the phone when somebody calls into the call center, which all of our uh, technicians in there are all trained to do that, you know, be happy, smile, a smile can be felt through the phone. And, and on, on throughout the rest of that process of reinventing contractor service, we're taking that into the sales process. You know, we're, we're, we're doing things to make people feel comfortable that they definitely are making the right decision all along the whole way because everybody's being taught to have and coming from the same mentality of uh, providing uh, extras uh, in the field. When the guys see the lady pulls in and her kids are, you know, jumping out of the car and she's trying to, you know, juggle groceries instead of staying up there on the roof, they come down off the ladder and actually help you know, do that. Um, or, you know, you bring in the, the newspaper that's sitting out in the middle of the driveway instead of running over it when you go up the driveway. Just, you know, common sense plus ones that we can do to add value throughout the whole process uh, because those are the things that people remember. And most of the reviews that we get uh, by people isn't, wow, my gutters are so strong and sturdy, I can do chin-ups off of them. Or, man, they hand tap those miters. They look so awesome. It's not really what they care about. Uh, even though they do care that their house is being protected, what they do care about is that, you know what, they were polite and clean and friendly and, you know, they helped with this or that. Um, you know what, they weren't, they were dressed in nice uniforms, great appearance. They spoke, uh, you know, well, uh, well, the company as well. Uh, you know, they weren't cursing. They didn't, you know, have their shirts off and throwing cigarette butts in my flower garden, you know. They had, it was just a different experience all around than what I've been used to from other contractors that I've had work on my home. So yeah. those are the types of things that, yep. you know, is what make a difference. And I'll tell you, one of the biggest reasons that uh, we struggled in business in the beginning is because we, we, we didn't know how to not provide value. We just didn't know how to charge for it. We were so concerned with staying in the price range of our competition, but our values were to pay workmen's comp, to treat our employees well, to add a great experience for our clients. And what we found that we were doing is we provided so much more value than our competitors, but we didn't charge for it. And as we raised our pricing, we still continued, nothing bad happened because we had so much in value that we actually at some point doubled our price and nothing happened to our close rate or anything else. That just showed us that we had so much value that even doubling our price, the people still felt like they were getting more in value than they were paying in cash. So I'll tell you, don't be afraid to add value to your business. And if you think, well, I can't afford to have workman's comp or I can't afford to pay my guys more than this, then, then you obviously don't know how to create value to your clients. Um, and that's a different topic. Um, and then step 10 this is the last one. Give people the impression of increase. And this is something that I, I, I think that Ken and I do. A lot of our, our, um, our business mentors, um, they do this. Basically, do people feel that they will gain value by associating with you? 
you should get, you should strive to give the maximum value to everyone you meet. So when they're with you, do they feel like there's something of value there that they leave better than they were um, after associating with you? And also to add to that is, you know, people, people see, they take notice, you know, and if they see that you're working super hard to help them to succeed, who is it going to want to be a part of that team? Mm. And everybody that, that is working with us in, the, in this franchise, Brothers Gutters, they see that. They see that from me and Ryan, and they see that from the rest of our team as well and how accessible we are. We're always answering our phone through text, email, or whatever. You're never going to call my phone or Ryan's phone and hear that message, mailbox is full. I mean, if somebody, if you have your mailboxes full, it's, you're just not prioritizing right, in my opinion, uh, your life and your business. There's no reason why you should have a mailbox that is full. One of my pet peeves, by the way, I just went off on that ta- tangent, yes. Um, but the bottom line is, is that, you know, that's what my role is. That's what Ryan's role is. And that's what we love to do is because yeah. when you're truly embracing an abundant mentality and giving uh, enough value back um, in, 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 in more value than you receive in cash value, which has always been something that we've just, we've lived by even, even before we read this book. Um, that's, that success is not only going to be, you're, you're not only helping other people to succeed, but because of their success, you're successful also. And I really believe firmly that that's, uh, that's the best uh, approach to business that anybody can take. Uh, because it's so rewarding to see other people being able to achieve their personal goals. And ultimately, it's a legacy that you're leaving behind. How awesome is it when people come up to you and say, you know what, thank you guys for developing the systems that you've done. Thank you guys for always being accessible and always being there when I need a question answered. Or if you don't have the answers, you get the answer from somebody on the team that does. You know, that stuff is just... That's what it's all about. Um, you know, that, that's what makes me happy is um, uh, just seeing that other people are happy because of something that we've been able to create an opportunity and be able to give them way more value than we're receiving back in cash. And, um, you know, it's, it's been worth it. Um, it's definitely better than what would have been the alternative for me still on a truck, you know, doing it all by myself and wearing all the hats and running around like a crazy man. Um, this is, this is way better. So, you know, anything to add to that, Ryan? No. Kaylin, any questions you think we should uh, cover? I know we got bogged down in that, but I, I think the content was pretty good. Um, I think maybe talking about the, that this is like not a get rich scheme. So, um, you know, like it's not, it's not something that happens overnight. A lot of these things, a lot of these steps are talking about like, you know, how you talked about Kevin and examples of how it took years to get there. Um, so it's not something that, you know, you implement it and tomorrow you're the CEO. So maybe talk a little bit about why that is. That okay. One. I like one of the uh, stories that they give about the Beatles. You know, the Beatles is, everybody knows who the Beatles is and it's one of the most, you know, biggest rock bands in history. Uh, but between 1960 and 62, they basically played in cellars and small clubs in Germany for six hours a night for virtually no pay at all. You know, th- see, everybody in the world sees the success of whoever, The Rock, Tiger Woods, The Beatles, 
uh, and the list goes on and on of people who are success, but people never see what they had to go through to get to that success. And I feel that's the same on a much more local level for me and you, Ryan, is that I don't think that there's a lot of people, they say, wow, the brothers just do cutters, they're so successful. But you know what, if you went all the way back and back in time to see where we came from and the stuff that we had to go through to get to where we're at, th that story is the same for every single person out there that's achieved any kind of level of success. They've yeah. all had to go through it. Tiger Woods did, wasn't great at golf when he was uh, a little kid. He was watching his dad in, in, his, in his garage swinging a golf club, and then he started swinging a golf club. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't win his first PGA Tour, I think, until – until he was 20 something years old. Um, but you know, it took 20 something years of hard work every day, busting his butt to make it happen and keep visualizing it, keep having an abundant mentality, keep thinking of a better way that I can be better. Um, you know, and that's, that's what all these people have. Uh, people that have uh, success, they have the, this mentality of just pushing forward and, you know, nothing's going to distract me from getting what it is that I want. No, that's it. And, it, you know, this is by no means a get-rich-quick uh, book. Everything that we talked about took time. You know, if, you're, if you want a different job, but you're in a current job, you know, basically said, don't quit that job. Don't act hastily. Do the best in there as you're working towards what you want. Um, I remember I worked for three months prior to joining my brother. I was working for a startup graphic design company and I worked for free for three months living in my parents' attic because there was so much value in what I was learning. I learned more in those three months that I did in probably all four years of college, five years of high school, you name it. Um, I learned so much right there. The guy that I was learning from was brilliant and he was helping. I got to pitch multi-million dollar ideas to companies as like a 22, 23 year old. It was insane. I learned how to write contracts from him. I learned how to um, basically have the guts to go in and pitch this stuff to big companies. I remember some of the big accounts we got when I first started selling was crazy, but I what I gained working for free, and we had a bunch of desks that they gave us because they couldn't pay us, so we literally just got rid of, 20 years later, we finally got rid of the last desk from that um, exchange, um, and we no longer have any of that stuff. But heavy desks. <laughs> nobody else in their right mind would have done it. I remember people dropped like flies, and they left. But I saw something there. There was still value. Even though I wasn't getting paid, I was getting value from him. Um, and that organization. And I was able to bring that and help Ken with his business and eventually become a partner. Um, it's just incredible that it's a 20 year um, journey. Ken's you know, journey even was before that, but we're all a result of previous work and sacrifice. So if I can encourage you on anything, it is go for it. Whatever you are doing, do it and be the best. I don't care what job, what position you're in. Always provide more in value than you receive in cash and you will eventually get that promotion and that opportunity, whether it's within that company or somebody somewhere else. You can't help, but it, it, you're going to create an imbalance. And the person that does exactly what their job requires, 
for their pay. I can't hold my hands that way. I was trying to do a scale. Um, the, the scales are even. So if you're doing exactly what's required of you for the exact pay for that job, the scales are even. As soon as someone starts to overpay you for what you're doing, now it's out of whack and you lose your job because you're overpaid for what they're getting. But once you start doing more than what they're paying for, they know that they've got to correct it. And they're going to do whatever it takes to either give you more money or put you in a different role that gets you more money. But you got to realize the skills don't go at the same exact time. They're always going to tip one way or the other, whether it's you start overpaying somebody for what they're doing and eventually you have to have a discussion or you're overproducing for what you're getting paid. There, it's kind of like somebody mentioned this to me one time. If it's you know around the holidays or something and somebody gives you a gift and they're like, here, I got you a present and you didn't get them anything. You're like, oh crap, your, your relationship is out of balance. They've given you a gift and you've given them nothing as a human, you feel like, oh my gosh, I got to do something for them. Whether it's a favor, somebody helped you move and they spent an entire day, lent you the truck. Now the scale is a little bit out of balance. They helped you. And as a, as a, a normal person, that's not a psychopath. We feel like, all right, well, I, I, I got to put that in my brain that when they need something, I want to be there for them because we want to get the scales correct. That's, so true in life. And that's why when you give more in value than you receive in cash, people are going to notice and they go, crap, the scales are out of whack right now. I'm getting way more than what we're paying for. I don't want to lose that person. How do we get those scales back intact somehow? What would be like your advice for somebody who maybe feels like, um, how much do I do until like, what's the, what's the tipping balance? You're talking about the scale. Like how much do I give? How do you determine if you're being appreciated? Kind of. Basically what you're saying is if I'm in a job, right. As an employee, I'm in a job working for a person and I am doing these extra valued things, but it doesn't seem that anybody's even taking notice. I think the question you kind of have to ask yourself too, is the person that owns the company or the manager that you're working for in that company, um, do they have the same, do they have that kind of mentality where they have an abundant mentality or are they keeping their cards close and they don't want to, you know, help people because they're afraid they might lose their job, right? The opposite mentality is, is, is uh, something that Jimmy O'Lang coined the phrase race to replace. You know, that's, that's our mentality in our, our company is that we want to see people achieve more so they can get to a next level. And ultimately, you know, Obviously, there's people that are happy doing what they're doing, and that's okay, too. Um, but if you're in that kind of a situation where you feel that it's a dead-end street and you've hit your ceiling of what it is that uh, the opportunity is in that company that you're working for, and you haven't had a conversation with that person, then I would say have the conversation and say, hey, listen, you know, I feel this, this, and this, and this, and then see how they react. And if they don't react, then obviously you have the, maybe the answer to your decision that maybe you need to start looking uh, for a different place to go and, and find somebody that has the mentality that you're looking for, that you want to work for to be able to give you the opportunities that you're wanting and that you're envisioning of yourself doing. So I don't believe you ever give less. I believe you always give everything that you've got, whether right. you're appreciated or not, because that's who you are. You're okay. not, you know, working for that person, you know, you're working, you know, for 
you know, like I like to think that I'm, I'm working for God. He's my boss. You know what? doesn't matter what anyone else thinks. At the end of the day, I can go home and I did the best I could. I believe in giving all of your talents and all of you, you when you're in a role, whatever that role is, whatever you've either volunteered for or getting paid for, and you'll do that until you leave. Absolutely. Um, what I believe. I believe in the bridge. I don't believe in tailing it back and go, you know what? They don't appreciate it. So I'm just going to go back to the bare minimum of my job requirement because you want to be too big for that role. So if they don't see it where you're at, then it's your duty to go and find the job that will. Um, But I don't, I really don't believe um, it comes in two phases. You have people that will say, well, if you paid me more, I'd work harder. Bull crap you're going to work the way you work. It's in your DNA. And there are people and, you know, Kaylin who put this together, you're one of them that you are who you are. You work and you give what you've got. It's just in your DNA. doesn't matter if we paid you minimum wage or a hundred thousand dollars an hour, you are going to work who you are. And that's pretty much for anybody. Some people just don't have the work ethic and they don't have the values and they truly have their minds tricked that, well, if I got paid another $5 an hour, I would do so much more. No, you won't because you're going to always think that the scales are against you. So my advice is that's, that's a taker mentality, what you're describing right there. And that's not what I was talking about either is I'm talking about, you know, you've gone down all the right paths. You've done all the right things like Ryan just said, and you exit. If if it comes to the point where you did hit, do hit a ceiling and you do hit those things, you exit always providing more value than you've gotten cash. And then, when you move on to another business or company or whoever you're going to work for, you never burn that bridge either. Yeah. There's always a delay where, you know what, sometimes, you know, there was, you know, I remember clear as day, you know, I, Peter Awando, you know, he worked for the brothers at just do gutters and he outgrew every position he was in and we weren't big enough yet for a new position for him. Like I didn't have another management spot. I didn't have another sales spot. And Peter had to go and work for another company, but his vision was to own a brother's gutter someday. And so his, he always, he was the, he was one of the ones that ripped stuff from me. He's like, Ryan, why are you ordering material? I'll do it for you. Ryan, why are you doing this? He was always trying to provide more value than he received in cash. And it got to the point, even within the brothers at just a gutters organization, I had nothing else for him at the moment. We weren't big enough. I couldn't grow fast enough to keep him. And he went and he worked for another company and he got a a promotion and a raise and he learned more management stuff. And he took all of that stuff and he came full circle. And I think it's just been about a year. He's one year into owning a Brothers at Just Do Gutters franchise. So he's still advanced. Um, But had Peter just only ever done his job here, you know, he he wouldn't be anywhere where he is. So, um, you know, hopefully that answers the question of um, how much should I give and, and for to a company before I know I'm taking advantage of. I would also say on the flip side, some people think they're giving or over, sometimes we have a a crazy, um, uh, we think more of ourselves than maybe the others do. And sometimes we think we're doing a better job than we might be. So I, I like what Ken said is go talk to the person. If they're not seeing it, sometimes we're blind to it. I didn't see it with Kevin right away. I mean, if he gave up after giving me one design or say, hey, I got a graphic design degree, you know, I would have missed it. I would have missed having him on our team long term, but he was persistent 
in showing me his talents um, and, and, and getting to where he needed to be. So I think like to sum it all, all up, um, who do you think these philosophies or the book, I mean, the book too, would be a good fit for? Like what kind of person needs to read this? Everyone. <laughs> I really, I think this book is for everyone, but honestly, you know, there's another book. Uh, I think it was Carol Dweck uh, wrote a book called Mindset. If you have a fixed or growth mindset, if you have a growth mindset, you're going to love this book. Um, you're going to love it. If you have a fixed mindset, you're going to say this is stupid or I don't, you know, no, no, no. And you're going to be against it. So I would say it is a book that everybody should read, no matter your age, employment status or anything. I think, especially upon review, this is still one of my favorite reads um, in a long time. So I would highly recommend it for anybody who's, um, you know, wants more for their life or feels like, you know, they should be getting more than what they're currently getting. I think this really just helps you reframe your mentality of you only you can only control you. So be the best version of yourself every single day and things will happen. And it might not, you might have to switch jobs, careers, switch businesses that you own to get to where you need to be your full potential. And that can't be out of the question so if this is something that really rings true in your mind and saying, huh, this is, this is something that, you know, I really want, you know, is helping you to put your finger on what may be something that you're struggling with or decision that you're going through right now. Certainly if you're in the industry, in the gutter industry, the brothers that just do gutters has a growth mentality. And this is definitely the place for you. And if, if you feel like you're just, you know, spinning your wheels, maybe you're working for a company or maybe you're, owner of a company and you feel that way that you just don't have the support or the the way to get to the next level or scaling up your business reach out give us a call ryan and i are available to talk and to help uh in any way that we can and also uh we definitely have uh, a nice business model uh for those of you who are looking to scale your business to make it make more opportunity for yourself but also for the other people too that are part of your business as well Thanks for joining us and we hope you implement at least one or two nuggets from this episode that will give you the confidence to grow. Subscribe to our podcast to stay updated and grow with the bros.